I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 35 of Me When I'm Free. This is the podcast that ponders the question Who is this me when I'm free? And why does it even matter? And what would it be like to live into our unique design on behalf of the world? Let's explore these questions together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. In the last episode, I mentioned the season in which I began to take what I called the inner journey, grappling with the broken ways I see myself and others. In my journal during that season, I scribbled the word unseen at the top of one page, followed by a long list of synonyms concealed, curtained, dark, imaginary, imperceptible, inconspicuous, invisible, obscure, out of sight, undetected, undiscovered, unnoticed, unobserved, veiled. Then I listed three antonyms, open, seen, visible, the opposite of unseen the opposite of how I felt. I then filled the next few pages with my thoughts about ways that I had attempted to be seen throughout my life. And yet, here I was, feeling obscure, invisible, and unnoticed. How had this happened? How had my efforts toward using my gifts to step out into calling actually result in feeling as if I were in hiding. The problem of believing that I am unseen is that everything I do then becomes an effort to be seen. We were created to be seen. We were created by a God who looked at us and declared that we are very good. As Kurt Thompson writes in The Soul of Desire, Genesis does not just tell us something about what God has done. It also shows us what kind of God he is. The God of the Bible, as it turns out, is a God who looks at and sees his creation. And in so doing, he sees that it is good. Friend, what messages have you received about what God sees when he looks at you? If you are like me, the messages I received in my childhood and beyond about God's view of me were a mixed bag of disappointment and displeasure, with the occasional hint of approval when I happen to live up to his standards. But what if God looks at you 
and takes delight in what he sees. And what if all of our efforts to be seen are actually a resistance to the love he already feels when he looks at us? And what if we will never feel fully seen, heard, known, or wanted until we see ourselves through God's eyes? Kurt Thompson goes on to write, It is not then just that what he has made is good in and of itself, although we presume that to be true, but that goodness is discovered as and because God is looking at it, looking for it. Its goodness emerges as a function of being seen by God. My story of feeling unseen is as unique as yours might be. During that time, I began to rumble with the truth that all of the messages I had received about God's disappointment in me had caused me to deeply question my lovability, which meant that I began to try to become something other than myself in order to get God and others to love me. It was during this season that I began to repent of the ways I had tried to earn the favor of God and others. My attempts to earn God's love actually led me to sin patterns of attachment to what others thought, seeking to find my identity in achievement and hiding myself in busyness rather than simply resting in his father's love for me. God in his kindness began to pull back the layers of my false self in order to reveal a truer version of myself, broken and beautiful in his eyes. David Benner writes in The Gift of Being Yourself, Praying that you might see yourself as God sees you takes courage. But if done with the deep assurance that the self you seek to know is already known and deeply loved by God, it is absolutely possible. Friend, we all need to be seen, to be named, to have our goodness and strength and beauty called forth. We must first take this question to God and ask him, what do you see when you look at me? And if we sense his response is one of disappointment or displeasure, we must ask, what if that message simply isn't true? And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. Oz Guinness writes in his book, The Call. We are not primarily called to do something or go somewhere. We are called to someone. 
We are not called first to the special work, but to God. As you reflect on this statement, where do you find yourself on this journey? Do you sense that you have leaned fully into God's call to himself? Or is there any part of you that is resisting him and his love and instead seeking to earn his favor? And question two, what would it be like to pause right now, close your eyes, and picture Jesus right there in the room with you to turn your eyes to his and ask, Jesus, what do you see when you look at me? And if his response is one of disappointment, could I invite you to ask him where that message came from and if it possibly isn't true? Then, would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal Psalm 139, verses 13 through 22. I'm reading them in the message translation. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Let's pray. Jesus, It's easy to believe that you are disappointed in us, that we aren't what you intended. It's much harder to see the ways that you take delight in us, your creation, calling us good. We are asking for the courage to see ourselves as you see us, to see the ways we've tried to be anything other than your deeply loved child and to allow you to tell us who we are. It is in your strong name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of me when I'm free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness and calling. I love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. 
Click the share button on the podcast if you know a friend who needs an encouraging reminder that they aren't alone either. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.